What's up, everyone? Welcome to BJJ and Brews. I'm your co-host, Noah John. Uh, today's episode 60, or not 60, 78. Good gracious, 78 of these things. 78 of the podcast. Today's conversation is with Roman, our Captain Americana. He's been with us for six months now at the at the uh, at the gym. Has already settled in very nicely and become uh, become quite a character in his own right. And uh, the conversation I had with him was really awesome, and and he really came through and and saved the podcast this week by uh, by stepping up in the last hour, the last the eleventh hour that is, and uh, to record a podcast with myself. I uh, I me and Chris did not have an opportunity to really record because I was out of town a majority of the week um, on a hiking trip. So I just got back into town, and in today's class, uh, earlier today, if you listen to this right when it drops on Sunday night, earlier today, I trained, Roman was there, I asked him if he wanted to save the podcast, and Captain Americana saved the day. So um, uh, big thanks to Roman for doing that. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Really interesting guy, and, and backstory is absolutely fascinating. So uh, that conversation is coming up right after I give uh, this announcement. So I was contacted by uh, a gentleman by the name of Brandon. He trains with us, and he, along with our gym, are organizing an event next month, June 12th, which is a Saturday, June 12th, 2021. So if you're listening to this in the far future, it's all but past. But if you're listening you know, now, June 12th, Saturday, it's a Saturday, June 12th, 2021, next month at 1 p.m. at our gym, we're holding an event for veterans. It's called Fighting for Warriors. And I will post uh, some some info on social media. I'll also include a link in, um, in this episode's description so you can follow it. But um, here are the high points. Again, it's called Fighting for Warriors, June 12th, 2021, 1 p.m. at American Top Team, which is located at 9318 East Colonial Drive, Orlando, Florida, 32817. Now, what is Fighting for Warriors? It's simple. It's an opportunity for veterans to try MMA, Muay Thai, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. No equipment needed. You veterans show up. We will take care of the rest. Um, This event is open to all veterans, like I said, and it's free of cost. The only thing that the organizers ask is that veterans bring proof of service. Um, this, if, if you know anyone, if you yourself are a veteran and are curious about the martial arts, especially you know the three that I mentioned, MMA, Muay Thai, and, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or even if you're not and you just want to show up and meet a bunch of cool people, I highly encourage you to drop in. Obviously, if you know a veteran that you think this would be uh, up his or her alley, let them know. Um if you want additional info, the best place to look is going to be their Facebook page. So there's a Facebook page created for this. It's called Fighting for Warriors, just just as I said. So Fighting for F-O-R Warriors. So if you find that page on Facebook, uh, the actual page should be Fighting for Warriors. So that means Facebook.com slash Fighting for Warriors. So check them out if you want additional info. I know that Coach Paul will be... Uh, an instructor during that event, and the organizer said that if anyone at our gym would like to volunteer, um, they can do so uh, as an instructor assistant instructor capacity, um, and that would definitely be helpful. But the best thing to do if you're curious in volunteering is reach out directly to 
to them, and I'm sure they'll give you all the info you need. And the best place to do that would be Fighting for Warriors. And I think you will be speaking to Brandon if you do that, but don't hold me to that. Brandon was the one that I know is participating or the one organizing the event. He might not be the only one, but uh, Brandon's definitely uh, one of the guys that's that's putting this together. And Coach Paul will be participating, and he's going to be instructing as well. So it's going to be a great event. Please put the word out. And like I said, additional information will be on our social media, and uh, a link will be in the description of the podcast. So check it out again. June 12th, it's a Saturday, 1 p.m., Fighting for Warriors, a chance for veterans out there to try MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and Muay Thai free of cost. No uh, no equipment needed. Just bring yourself, and we will take care of the rest, and you get to try out these badass sports and combat sports and see if you like it. So I highly recommend it, and it's a great cause. So veterans out there, hope to see you there. Um, so, yeah. If you have any other questions, like I said, check out the website, check the social media at BJJ and Brews. You'll find links to all this stuff. And I hope to see you there June 12th at 1 p.m. All right, guys. So that's that. Now let's turn it over to the conversation I recorded a mere hours earlier today with our man Roman, or as he likes to call himself, and as we like to call him, Mr. <laughs> and we're going. All right. So, Roman has saved the podcast today. We had Tristan a couple weeks ago save the podcast, and now Roman's here. Roman, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, How was class today? Uh, It was fun. Um, Definitely trying to move a little bit more instead of my hunkering down, being comfortable in full mount. Um, I've gotten so used to being mounted, I'm, I'm okay just hanging out there, and I'm trying to move more. So, got caught in a couple arm bars, but that's only because I'm trying new things and trying to move more mm-hmm. so but fun otherwise all right so um roman how long have you been training now uh, i started the second week of january so going on what almost five and a half months six months now. five and a half six months okay so um usually like the genesis of this podcast was you know just how we all just sit around and chit chat after class and yeah and get to know each other so before we get to the jiu-jitsu part let's kind of go back um where are you from originally um born in new york um grew up down here in central florida after my parents split and we've we've had a couple of stints we went back up for a couple years i started high school up in connecticut and then we moved back down my sophomore year so 2006 is when we came back okay and were you uh were you into sports as a kid uh, I was actually a band geek. Um. Oh, okay. <laughs> like Glee? Like band? No, Glee's different. Glee's something else. Yeah, no, I was, band geek. I was, okay. I was a trombone player. Um, you know, I wanted to go to college and be a, a music major, and I was like, eh, I was too into culinary, so I stuck to my culinary route, and and you know, it, it led to me being in the sales side of the culinary industry now. So. So did you go to like the Cardon Bleu kind of thing? Or what? No, I, we actually used to make fun of the Cordon Bleu, especially, you know, watching them go, go out of business for for uh, promising, you know, come out of school and make 60K. You know, I remember hearing those commercials on on uh, on the, the radio network being like, that's, that's some garbage. <laughs> that's some absolute horse poo because, you know, I was already in the industry at that time. I'm like, there's no freaking way in hell you're coming out making 60K. Like, that's just... So where did you, so when you say you studied the culinary arts, I think of learning to cook, but you're on the sales side. So where did you study and what did you study more specifically? Um, so I, I started cooking um, 
making money wise when I was 11. I used to go to the corner store and um, I would volunteer and I just told the, the, the owner, hey, you know, just pay me what you felt it's worth. And, you know, I'd make sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches on the weekends, uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. And he'd toss me a couple bucks here and there. And then in high school, um, in Danbury High School, we actually had a good culinary program. So when I started high school up there, um, I jumped right into it. So my freshman year, sophomore year, um, I was in the culinary program up there. When I came back to Florida, we have dual enrollment uh, with Orange County Public Schools. So I was doing uh, culinary for the first three, three classes of the day. And then I would go back and, and do my core classes, English, um, you know, math, all that, the fun st- stuff that you have to mm-hmm. graduate. And then when I finished, they offered me the adult program, which is more intensive. That's actually how I met Adam. Oh, okay. Um, I was a high schooler when Adam was doing the adult program at Mid-Florida Tech. And um, yeah, after I finished there, I went straight out into the workforce in 2009. I started working at Marriott, um, opened up the Four Seasons when they came into town. I was their head baker there for a little bit before jumping into sales Okay. about eight months later. So when you're, you, you said uh, Danbury, Danbury, Massachusetts? Danbury, Connecticut. Connecticut, Danbury, Connecticut. Yeah. Um, I've driven through there a lot. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful little mountain town in yeah. our city so, now. Oof, it's, um, it's grown. So what like what were the classes like there and then when you said you did the dual dual enrollment enrollment here in florida prior to college uh Uh, so what what, like what was what was class like what were you what were they covering uh, like how to cut properly like yes so knife knife skills so this way you don't lose fingers because that's obviously the biggest hazard you have but other than burns um so they teach you knife skills and then um our culinary program at danbury uh, you used to actually basically run the restaurant. So you would take turns switching out through all the stations. So the freshmen uh, w- would have to do breakfast cooking. So we would go in earlier. Um, you know, teachers would schedule their classes. They would come down. We would take their orders. Uh, we would then execute. So we would, you know, make omelets, uh, pancakes, waffles. Uh, you'd, you'd have to learn how to do eggs over easy, eggs over medium. And if they were wrong, they'd send them back and you'd have to do them all over again. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was definitely a real world uh, experience. Um, and then obviously when you get into the, um, the higher level programs is when you start doing lunch, uh, lunch items. So, um, it was definitely an awesome experience. And then coming down here, um, the culinary program was a little bit more intensive, definitely more theory. Um, cause then now you're, you're digging into the, uh, hospitality industry side of things and learning the management portions. Uh, um, we would be in the kitchen, I think three days a week, two days a week, no, two days a week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then once I graduated high school, that was more, that was three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then two days of theory. Um, So it was definitely more hands-on. You definitely get to do a lot more cooking, which is the downfall to big colleges like Le Cordon Bleu. Sometimes you don't get to touch anything. You just basically, you know, stuff as many kids in a room as you can, and then they're just watching um, and then trying stuff at home. So um, it was, it was a good experience. I, I, I preferred I preferred the the route that I went, you know. Hindsight, you know, I got it out into the industry straight out of that in 2009, and it was just go 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 from there. It was so what what made you? Uh, let me back up. Did you have any interest in in doing? Because it sounds like the it was very much almost like apprenticeship style. Uh, teaching at least yeah especially earlier on when you're when you're doing the breakfast and then the lunches once you said you moved to doing a little more theory then it's you know it's a little bit of both but yeah definitely like kind of hands-on um did you have any like 
like aspirations because I, you know, I I enjoy cooking and I've always fantasized about oh it'd be cool to spend a couple of years working in a French restaurant, you know, in the back on the line and learning <laughs> until all. they start throwing shit at you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. And Chris, <laughs> you know, and this Chris, sucks. Make it again. <laughs> Bam. You know. <laughs> But <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you fucking donkey. I've, I've worked. I worked for Frenchies, man. They're 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 pretty intense. So, but did did you like? Did you have any like thoughts or aspirations to do that? Like, let me go to you know, let me try to work in a Michelin star restaurant. Or let me go to a place that's a culinary. Not that the United States doesn't have its culinary hotspots, but yeah, everyone kind of you know, you get to go to Europe and spend time in the Mediterranean or something like that. Did that ever cross your mind? Yeah. It, it it does for everybody. And I think once you kind of realize the reality of it, um, and if you don't get into good positions, you know, you're going to be making nine, 10 bucks an hour, 11, 13. If you're lucky at a higher end, you know, hotel, $13 uh, was what was offered to me before I, I stayed in sales. So, you know, when you're looking at it from a financial perspective, it's... <laughs> I stayed in it for the passion. I love the baking side of things more. So I started mm-hmm. off as a line cook um, at Marriott, and then I jumped over into the bakery, and that's really where I, I excelled. Um, I just love having bread dough all the way up to my elbows and having to scrape it off at the end of the night, mm-hmm. you know, after making three, 500 loaves by hand. Uh, so that was really where I felt my, my love. Um, so it's, you definitely have to have a love for it. You can definitely do things. Really, the money comes in if, if you're in the resorts side of things. Um, you definitely have to have volume if you're going to be in the pastry side, uh, well, and culinary too, but I never really wanted to own a restaurant. I, because I grew up in it I was like, ah, I, I understand it so much that I don't want to take on that, that financial liability. I'll run them all day long. Um, but to, to take on that financial responsibility myself, I, I always knew, especially going into COVID, like that was really the. Whew, I dodged the big bullet because I, I could have fallen into that trap. Oh, and, so this all happened like your decision to go one way versus the other happened right around. COVID. No, no, no. COVID proved that I was right is what, oh, I'm, is what gotcha, I'm saying. Gotcha. Um, and then obviously nobody was saved during COVID, but I think I was financially in a better position um, in my current role as a manufacturer's rep versus being, you know, a line cook because mm-hmm. restaurants were, are, were choking during this. Mm. Um, so luckily we're here in Florida where our governor is a little bit more friendly to restaurants and you know now everybody can go back to capacity and, and try and make their money again yeah. so you know is it is it back. true the 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 saying that if you buy a restaurant expect to be like working the first 10 years to just recoup the initial investment <laughs> i would say between five to ten yeah if you make it that long that's the scary thing you know if, if you if you look at a chair um in your restaurant that's that's costing you money if there's no if there's not a butt in that chair, you're losing money. Yeah. So when you think about it in terms of that, it, 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 it puts it into perspective of, you know, do I want to take, I, I think food trucks were, were crushing it during, during COVID. They were probably set up the best because it's grab your food and get out, you know, yeah. grab your food and go, which was the normal model for them anyways. But if you have a, a, a big restaurant or a big hotel and, and, you know, I, I come from huge resorts, you know, Marriott, uh, uh, Grand Lakes was my, my big resort that I worked at before Four Seasons. And, you know, when, you, when you're doing buff, uh, banquets for 2,000 plus people, you know, that's the volume that you need in order to really make, make your money in, in, in that kind of setting. And, you know, they don't have it. So all the hotels in the area have been choking. So 
yeah, if you look at it from that point, if you don't have a butt in that seat, you're losing money. Mm-hmm. Um, so at what point, you know, continuing with your, your timeline here, um, at what point did you make that decision? I want to go to sales and what were the steps you had to take to, you know, go that route? Uh, so I had started dabbling in sales back in 2012. Yeah, I was 22. So I started trying to sell stuff on the side and, and it's really a different kind of skill set because you have to get out of yourself. Like I'm, I'm naturally introverted. And when I tell people that they, they look at me like I have 10 heads because I, I, I can talk anybody's face off now. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn how to come out of myself in order to be able to survive in the sales role because you, you really can't. If you look like, for example, when I got into timeshare, um, I, lo- I, I was super to myself. I wouldn't approach people. And then when I was looking at my paychecks, I'm like, oh, man, this freaking sucks. Eight dollars. And I left culinary where I was making, you know, 16, 17 an hour. Now I'm making eight because I, I'm too afraid to, to say hi to somebody. Um, so then I started looking at everybody as a, as a hundred dollar bill. And it's like, OK, how much money do I want to make today? And once I made that shift in my mind of, OK, I need to go get my money. Like, you know, I've got bills to pay just like anybody else. That's really when I had that paradigm shift of, OK, now I really need to, to get out there and get it. Um, but I've always taken the sales approach of service because there, there are a lot of sharks out there in the sales world. I mean, it's, it's, you have, you have to go get it, but I've always take, taken a consultative, uh, sales approach, which just fat, fits my personality a lot better. Cause then I don't feel like I'm trying to take from you. I'm helping you make an educated decision whether or not you want to take me up on my offer or not. Mm-hmm. So I, I've, I like that approach a lot better. It makes me feel more comfortable, it makes my customers feel more comfortable. And then they know I'm not just out to get them like a regular shark would, mm-hmm. would do. Um, so I, I, I made the jump back in 2014 when I left Four Seasons because I was too stubborn to want to go back to $13 an hour, which was my, my first offer to go back to kitchens versus uh, you know, staying in sales. And at that point I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to do something different. Um, when you're a baker, your hours are awful. Uh, my, my first bakery shift was what, 7 PM to, or sorry, when I got supervisor was 7 PM to 3 AM. And then four seasons was, I was either starting at midnight or two o'clock in the morning, leaving at 10 AM. You know, you don't really have much of a life when you're a baker. It's, it's a different kind of an animal. So, that was actually my next question. That was actually one of my questions. Was you, 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 you keep mentioning all the salaries in terms of hourly. Um, how many hours a week? I mean, you just gave me a sense of what a day could be in terms of a shift. But how many hours a week are you working? Are you technically a full-time employee? Or? Yeah, full-time. You know, I was averaging anywhere from 40 to, to 50 hours. But once I started to understand sales in terms of... Um, compressing your time frame so the higher activity that you have you can com- you can compress your 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 efforts into a single day so in an eight hour shift in timeshare when i started cranking i mean i could make anywhere up to a thousand dollars depending on how much i wanted to make you know i could just go 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 so i've had those days where i've made you know anywhere from 90 bucks all the way up to shoot the biggest day i had was like 15 you know, I was just booking tours like crazy. What, so what got you What got you from culinary to timeshares? It was the only... I don't see that. Like, I, I understand, like, maybe there's a, there's a connection because it's hospitality to a degree. Like yes. Hospi- but it's still, it, you, you talk about baking and being, you know, it elbow was the deep only, into dough, and now you're selling timeshares, which is like, 
what what people make fun of, you know, salespeople selling timeshares. Yeah, I was, I was. Those, a, that's still a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was an OPC or you know, in house. So I was the one that was convincing to take the tours, um, because to sell timeshare, you have to have a a real estate license. Oh. So I was the one who would convince you to go on the tour, and okay. then I would offer you anything from tickets to. The so you parts. were higher up in the sales funnel. No, I was. I was the one who was filling the funnel. Yeah, you're okay. So you were lead generation. Correct. You got you. So um, the next step would have been to get my license and then get on the sales floor. But there was a moment. So to kind of explain how I made the jump. So uh, obviously in any kind of job, you have to qualify, right? So if you have Mm -hmm. zero sales experience, you don't qualify for a whole lot of high-end, you know, sales jobs. So... It's, it's a foot in the door, you know, obviously, like I said, filling that funnel was rough. I mean, my first, my first six months, it really didn't click until about my eighth month to where I was able to like really just start, you know, I just said, screw it. I'm, I'm tired of being scared of people. And, uh, I think November of that year was when I, I, whew, I had my biggest month, one of my biggest months in, in, in record. So it just. It, it's it's such a huge turnover rate. You know, you have about thirty percent that stay, thirty percent that come in, thirty percent that leave. So it's 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 a huge turnover on rate the, on the on the sales side. You mean for sales, sales correct? Yeah. So there's a lot of sales job opportunities out there because it's such a huge turnover rate. Mm-hmm. But in order for you to really qualify for anything good, like my current job, I just happen to be at the right place at the right time. You know, I'm an end user. You know, I, I come from the kitchen background, so I understand what a chef is thinking when he's looking at equipment. I understand what an, what an employee is thinking when they're looking at something that, you know, it's like a spaceship, you know, like, damn, I got to use this combi. Like, what the hell? What is, what do I mm-hmm. hit? What do I push? So I understand that, that side of it. And it just so happens that coming from my time show role, I, I'm, I'm okay with doing presentations. I'm comfortable doing presentations in front of, you know, 50 people. Like it doesn't bother me anymore. Um, so it just, it just happened to, to be a natural progression when my boss found me. Um, so yeah, so uh, just quickly, just going back to the topic of being introverted and <laughs> uh, you know being a salesperson, which is kind of like oil and water. It's an in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's it's like you know, the biggest at least class. It's from the a cla- biggest a, contradiction you've yeah, ever in, heard in, in a your classical life. sense. You know, <laughs> yeah, in a classical sense. <laughs> I mean, I've seen like I I I've I've. I've heard of um, you know introvert guys that like from software side that that became really good salesmen, but they were doing it over the phone a, a lot. But which is its own thing. And, and yeah, I know, like I like being face to face. Yeah, I, sure. I like to read. But I guess my thing is is like was it as was it just one of those things where you just um, like I, I'll liken it to like the worst the worst breakup I had where I was just like in a funk. For weeks on end at work and then that's i reached how i found p- jujitsu yeah and and yeah <laughs> <laughs> I said, we'll get to that we'll get to how you got jujitsu that's a good st- i'm glad you brought that up because we'll get to that um but my but and then one day i was just like i'm sick of just you know moping around you yeah. know or and, and i wasn't listening to adele but you know like listening to adele you know you know what Man, i mean like, that's when you really hit rock bottom so that's my thing is like wh- like that was an experience for me where, and it wasn't that bad, it wasn't that long, but I did have a conscious thing of like, I'm just sick of, like, I'm, I'm just sick of this. I'm sick and, and tired I did, of being and, sick and, and tired, it really yeah. just And it just flipped the switch. Like, I don't yeah. want to be like, this is doing, I'm not, this is, 
I don't know. My brain was just fed up. I'm just fed up with being in this in this mood the whole time. Was it like that, or did you have to like, like learn? Did you read sales books? Like, was it a more gradual change, or were you so, just able to flip the switch? No. Well, I, it was it was definitely a flipping of the switch. So when I when I got into sales, I was in um, a relationship, and um, I had just gotten into sales right when my ex called it quits. And, you know, I, I was just kind of moping around for, for a little bit. And, and my manager was just, and he was, he was a stud, um, Ramon. And uh, anybody, anybody who's in the timeshare industry knows who Ramon is. Uh, he was just, he's an awesome, awesome leader. And he, you know, took me under his wing and would basically like throw me out on the floor and like, go talk to that person right now. Go talk to that person right now. And that kind of pressure didn't work for me. But eventually, um, you know, it was just like, okay, I need to do something because I'm drowning. Like financially, I'm drowning here. I'm losing money. You know, I'm accruing debt. Like this is just not working. Like I need to do something. And that's when I, I, I had that paradigm shift in my mind is when I started looking at everybody as a $100 bill. And I know that sounds kind of, you know, wrong to say it that way or superficial, but when in reality you have bills to pay, you kind of have to think a little differently. And, and just to stop you, just so people understand, because I'm following what you're saying, but for people that aren't as familiar with with maybe a sales role or, or in this case, lead generation, the reason he's saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is the reason you're saying you view everyone as a hundred dollar bill is for every person you manage to sign up to do a tour, you get a hundred dollars. Correct. Yeah. So that's how he's getting compensated. So this company uh, has a role that says your job is to reach out to people and schedule an appointment for them. I in have this to, case, I schedule have to a qualify tour. them. So yeah. I have to grab them, qualify them, make sure that they meet, the financial uh so it's a worthwhile lead to bring in correct correct but the company is is, is is saying that a qualified lead is worth a hundred bucks and will give roman a hundred bucks if he can deliver qualified lead if they show up if they show up and, and finish their tour yes. yeah so that's that's why he's saying i view everyone as a hundred dollar bill because Sorry, he's doing lead generation that. no 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 i because the only reason i'm familiar with this is because i had to get into sale i had to understand sales to some degree with what my current job so when you said that, I under, I, I'm following it, but I know if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't be following. That's why I wanted true, to clarify true. that. Now, the salespeople, after they come in, they might get, they're probably going to get paid commission on closing a deal and making those, you know. Depending on, depending on the volume of, of the timeshare package that they sell, I get a, a, it goes towards my volume and then I get a piece of that depending on the volume. So as the lead generator, you get, you get, you sales, all, I guess sales bonuses, yeah. You get sales bonuses. So I get but, paid 100 up front. Well, when they complete the tours is when it goes towards my check. And then depending on the sales volume for the month, then I would get a cut of that. And did, did you work closely with a, a certain salesperson where you just like, no, no. So you were just, you were at the mercy of the sales team. Correct. If they, if they, and if they, but obviously they're incentivized to close because that's how they make their money. Correct. So you, it wasn't like they weren't motivated for you. They're motivated themselves. And then you would get, Motivation was there. Yeah, um, oh yeah, I guess oh yeah. my, my, my other question is, um, were you paid a base or were you on a draw? No, it was, it was uh, $8 an hour versus commission. So whichever was higher. Okay. So if, I, if, I, if my tours, like let's say I had a really bad week and, or the salespeople were just in a really bad mood that week for God knows what, uh, and they just disqualified all my tours because they just felt like being jerks, mm -hmm. uh, then I wouldn't get paid on my tours. Um, uh, okay. So then it, w it was $8 an hour versus commission. So if my commission was higher, that's what I get paid. And then at the end of the month, uh, the sales volume, 
would be tabulated and then I get my bonus uh, based on that. Gotcha. Okay. So that we just diverge on just understanding the, the sales cycle or yeah, the sales cycle at this job and also what he meant by a hundred dollar heads. Yeah. Um, so in a, it sounds like you just, for whatever reason is popping into my head that one of these like viral videos of Arnold Schwarzenegger giving a commencement <laughs> speech about, you know, don't have a plan B because that way you'll go all on the plan A. Correct. It sounds like you were in a situation where you your back to. was against the wall you and you to. had no net. You have to. Yeah. There's, and, there's and, no. and that forced a change yeah. in your mindset to get over, you know, the way your personality is naturally and, and, and I, whatever discomfort or comfort zone, whatever you want to call it. And got you to start being successful in your in your role and i and i it it's it's a sales is a head game too right so if you're like i said i had gone through a breakup when i got into orange lake um, oh no and now you're dealing with more rejection the sales is like the yeah, king of oh dealing with God. rejection <laughs> yeah people can tell me no all day long and i don't care anymore it doesn't bother me once you go through that many no's in timeshare someone saying no is, is is a good day like thank you for not wasting any more of my time on to the next one uh but yeah, so you know, I was going through a breakup when I got to Orange Lake, and once I finally, once I had that click moment of okay, everybody's a hundred dollar bill, I got bills to pay, you know, forget the girl, whatever happens, happens. Like I just, I, I gotta take care of me. I need to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta eat. Um, so that's that's really when I when when things took off, and you know, I was top five until until I left, top five, top ten until I left. Okay, so then what? How did how did you get? I, I guess you said discovered to go back into culinary and do sales on the culinary side. Yeah, so um, my current job, I'm a manufacturer's rep in the um, commercial restaurant equipment uh, side of, of, of the industry of, of you know hospitality. So I was in timeshare, um, a, a rep out of Miami reached out to me and he's like, hey, I need help in Orlando. Basically, it's, it's you, only, you only eat if you, if you make sales. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I was, I was young. I was ready for, for something different. At that time, I was looking to get out of timeshare anyways. And I was How did he find you? I was tired of lining people. He actually knew a, a buddy of mine from my Marriott days. Oh, um, okay. So my, my buddy from my Marriott days, he uh, ended up getting a, a job as a rep for another firm. Um, and so they were at a meeting. The guy said, hey, you know, I need someone like you up in Orlando. And he put him in touch with me. I met with him the following day. We went to uh, Waffle House. He loves Waffle House, Gilbert. Um, so we went to Waffle wow, House. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, two <laughs> culinary salespeople, and they chose the Waffle, Waffle House. House to do this the greasiest Jeez. food in Orlando. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I thought he going to say Wolfgang Puck or something, no, or, or go to Waffle a food House. truck or something. We went to Waffle House. I'm so in this Waffles. guy's mind, he, it was like, oh, I know a guy. So this, this mutual connection, you know, I guess brought you up because I guess it was like, we got a guy that is in sales currently. And has a culinary background. And you, my friend in Miami, are looking for a guy that yeah. ideally knows both. So it's like you, you check those boxes. Yeah, so, so that's never, why they reach so out. You never to. burn bridges. I mean, I learned a, a really good saying when I was in, my, in, in Marriott you know, never burn bridges because you never know who your next boss is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, everybody, everybody had a lot of respect for me at Marriott when I was, you know, a supervisor there. And, um, you know, this friend of mine decided to say, hey, I know someone who's, who's, about my age he's a little bit older than i am i'm 31 now so he's got to be probably what 33 34 and yeah it was just word of mouth uh that he found me and then 
from there, obviously that relationship didn't work out with, um, with the rep from Miami because my current boss was in, in need of, of help. My predecessor was um, sick with leukemia. And so my, my boss found me and I started going through the, the hiring phases and, and interviews, took about three weeks of interviews. And so my predecessor, you know, passed away the following month after I got hired. Oh wow! In uh, December, that's yeah, heavy. December man. of 2016. Yeah, it was. It was. It was brutal going into that office. Like I could feel the weight was just the air was so heavy. And then I was working out of his office, oh, so I had all his pictures no. up with his family, and I'm just like, ooh, this is awkward. Oh. So, so <laughs> going to the wow. office was kind of was kind of rough for a little while. Dang. Um, Do you think people harbored any animosity towards you, or is just awkward no no i i think because i have a similar personality to his like our our customers kind of accepted me rather fast okay um oh so know. they gave you his book of business yeah okay. yeah yeah okay that's um good. but you know my, my territory is, is central florida so you know when when you're looking for for our our equipment i mean it's it's me it's me or my boss and my boss is probably gonna push you to me anyways mm -hmm. so you, you it's me. <laughs> so um, you, you actually asked you kind of about this the other day because I saw a, a picture you posted of, of tossing a pizza pie up yeah, in the air. Yeah, yeah, And um, my new I was like, my man, new that oven guy, line. that's not his first road time at the rodeo doing that. No. Uh, so, uh, and you started describing. So just describe again, like, because I think it's kind of really cool. Um, it's a blend of, you know, your two skill sets, right? You yes. go in, when you sell these, these um, devices, right yeah uh, of equipment equipment yeah, yeah. ovens um, ranges yeah yeah is you actually do a live demonstration almost like you know uh, uh, a waiter will come up at fancy restaurants and you know cook something for you in front of you or finish the dish for you in front Oof. of you like you're actually that's like, michelin star stuff michelin, yeah but yeah. i'm too broke for that <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there one day um, one but day. the point is it's like you you'll bring that that piece of equipment in and then you'll yeah. use it um, by doing a live, so walk us through it. Like, what are some of the things you'll you'll do? On yeah, so I'm I'm the the territory sales rep slash uh, I guess you could say corporate chef, mm -hmm. um, and then each of us kind of become like brand champions depending on the line. So, you know, there's there's 15 of us. I think uh, we've got five of us up here covering the north half of the state, and then there's another five sales reps uh, covering the bottom half. And then everybody else is, is inside uh, support. So each of the sales reps become kind of like a brand champion for a particular line. We've got 20 lines at the moment. So our new line that we took on is um, uh, Neapolitan-style brick ovens. Ooh. Yes. And um, they're made by hand up in, in um, right outside of D.C., awesome, awesome owners. And I was chosen to be the brand champion slash uh, uh, chef designated the chef for that line so i went down to miami was uh, we had just got our our unit installed in our um fort lauderdale office so i was down there um doing demos taking photos with our corporate chef for that uh line uh, slash uh, sales director he's our, our technically our manager um for the southeast so we were there taking pictures i mean we did muscles i was throwing up pizzas so we did mussels, steaks, uh, we did some sous vide and then finish in the oven. So I, I, I will do as the, the, the chef for Orlando, I will do, or I guess you could say the Eastern half, I'll do, um, demos before and after the purchase of the equipment. So if you have, uh, if you're looking for our equipment, 
you can come into my office, use it, you know, kick the tires on it, um, cook in it. I, I always like to say, bring your own, um, bring your items that you cook right now. So this way you can see the difference of how it comes out in our, mm -hmm. in our equipment. So this way you really have a good compare and contrast of what you're currently doing versus what it could be sure. out of our stuff. So, and then once you receive the equipment, I go in and I'll, I'll train your staff, help you do some programming. And then, you know, I have customers text me all the time, call me all the time saying, Hey, uh, I'm trying to add a new item. What are, what are your thoughts on like the beginning parameters? And then they just kind of tinker from there. So it, it, it definitely draws on, on, on my culinary experience. Um, but obviously my, my main capacity is sales, but you know, every now and then I get to do some fun stuff and just turn off my computer for a day or two and just mm -hmm. crank out some food. But then I regret it the next day because I've got three days worth of emails and phone calls to catch up on. So it That's has crazy. it has its pluses and minuses. Yeah. Where um, uh, do you have kind of a a vision of how you'd like your role to evolve or progress? Like how you want to continue navigating um, this industry? Like where would you like like in? I, I hate the question, but it's it's the only way you can ask it. But like in five years, do you envision yourself like it would be really cool if I'd be be doing this or do you want to stay in the same role and so really natural progression and what i currently do is either become a partner in in uh, my rep firm mm -hmm. or if a factory recruits me and and turns me into either uh usually they start you off as a regional and then you know or a regional sales manager or if they're looking for um uh, a chef for the region like I, I was approached by one of my competitors and they were looking for a chef to cover orlando up into jacksonville and I mean, I, I passed up on a pretty nice salary, but I'm I'm kind of glad I did. I, I that role would have kind of that role consolidated last year, so I would have been out of a job last year. Mm. Whereas my current bosses, you know, they they all hunkered down in order to keep us all around and and food on the table. So, you know, it's not all about money. You know, I I definitely appreciate the people that I work for and with. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's big, big time family. I mean, where else can you find a job where, you know, my, my predecessor was out almost 15 months and they paid him full salary for 15 months. Where else can you find that? So it's, it's I mean, that, 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 that's, gonna, that's unheard that's going to foster a lot of loyalty from everyone. Exactly. Yeah, that's you know. unheard of. So that's why, you know, I, I, my, my natural progression would be to become a partner unless a factory were to pick pick me off um, and, and make me an offer that okay. I couldn't resist. Okay, so now, um, when did jujitsu enter the equation and how did mm. that come about? So, I've always been interested, just like any guy, you know, any modern day guy in his, you know, teens to early 20s loves the MMA. We love to watch it. I mm -hmm. mean, obviously no one wants to get their face beat in, so we never really try. Um, so, I've always been interested in it. I did Taekwondo, and I think until about I was 11. I was a purple belt in Taekwondo until I was about 11 years old. And then my mom, we moved up to Connecticut, and that's kind of where that that history kind of stopped. So it's been about 20 years since I've been involved in martial arts. Um, and Adam, you know, my 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 culinary buddy from when I was 16, he he started coming here to ATT, and he'd been bugging me for years, like, dude, you got to come to my gym. You got to come to my gym. And I was like, ah, all right, all right. You know, I always kind of like shrugged him off a little bit. So finally I came in January. I had a pretty bad breakup in uh, in November, and I was just in a really bad headspace. Like, I mean, just awful. I was drinking like a – I mean, I, I put a sailor to shame with how much alcohol I was going through. And I was uh, pretty much wasting 
almost a whole check. Like if my once my bills were paid, like I would just run my account to the ground drinking. So I needed to do something. I started working out uh, really heavy. Um, I was working out about two times a day, um, starting in in no, in December. In January, you know, I kind of found out some extra stuff, and I just I just kind of lost it. So I, I was like, okay, I need to do something more. I need to be around people because I'm I'm totally okay with being by myself. Like there are times when when even the girl I'm talking to now, I'm like, oh, she's calling. Like I just want to be left alone today. Like I just want to be to my like that's when my introvert comes mm-hmm. in. I'm totally okay with being in my corner in my in my in my house on my computer just doing whatever I feel like doing just not talking to a single soul but I need to get out of the house and be around people so Adam finally convinced me to come he's like dude you need to come so I came um, I watched a little bit I think I came during his uh, he was training at 11 I took my lunch break came ran over here met Paul. I think I was there. I, th- I, I think, think so. I think, I think, I think we were beating up Adam a little bit. Yes. You were giggling the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys are like, Oh, Adam invited someone. Oh, let's put the clinic on this dude now. Yeah. You guys clowned him pretty good that day. So, <laughs> so, so you know, uh, Paul was like, you know, we, we, we give a, you know, an hour session, you know, just one-on-one and let me know when you want to do it. I said, oh, I'll be here tomorrow morning at five. He goes, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'll be here at five. I was in the parking lot at four fifty. Oh yeah, and on that day, five, five o'clock in the morning, the next there, day, there was a there was uh, the, the break in. The, the, the there was a break in. So yeah, holy shit! On this, <laughs> so I showed up later. Let me just give you my, and then we'll come back to you. I so I, I remember Paul telling me the night before he's like, I got a five a.m. Uh, I got a five a.m. intro, and I'll do the six a.m. class. It was either like a Tuesday or a, or a Thursday, you know. I can't remember, and uh, and. <laughs> I'm hearing Victor yell at Leo. I guess Leo did something. <laughs> Poor Leo. Run, Leo, run. <laughs> so I remember just like, I was like, you're doing a five. He's like, I'm, I'm up anyway. So I was like, okay, cool. So then I came in, I think at 11 and there was glass everywhere. Yeah. And he said it was graffiti. Like, everywhere. Yeah. And he, and he had already painted over the graffiti. Okay. So we had a break in. Um, all things considered, the damage was actually pretty minimal. People, the, the the person or persons involved were nice enough to spray paint around <laughs> anything valuable, really. Like, they, you know, they instead of spray painting anything. over all the pictures or over anything. any sign, they just did it on the white wall. So we have no idea. I mean, um, the, the let's put it, the investigating is ongoing. The investigation is ongoing. But that's not the story. The story is your first impression after seeing you have your walk-in <laughs> is like, why is that? Why is the Why is... The, the pane of glass next to the door Missing. smashed. Yes. So were you there first? No, Paul was already Paul was already painting over everything. I was like, do you want me to come back? He's like, no, get over here. This is- okay, so he was there because that would have been fun. So did you walk through the smash door? Or did you? <laughs> no, he. Paul had the courtesy to unlock the door for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, he unlocked. So the door what was that? Me. What was that experience like? The the intro. Um, so first I was like, holy crap, this is some sketch area if this shit just happened. So I'm looking around, I'm like, ah, and, and it was, it was five o'clock in the morning. So obviously the parking lot is kind of dark. I'm like, I don't know about this anymore. Uh, but no, I, I came in and, and, you know, Paul gave me the, the introduction. Um, what did we do that morning? I think we, we worked off of turtle into taking the seatbelt and then attacking the rear naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, what, what was I doing? Oh, coming from like uh front control on the turtle like i had i had my 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 hand under his chin and then rotating around and he was trying to catch me and he's like damn you're pretty fast for a big boy i was like yeah 
but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think I signed up that week. Mm-hmm. I think I came to maybe one or two more classes and I had to borrow, borrow the gi, the, the only A6 jacket oh, that we yeah. had. And, and I didn't even have, I was wearing these pants and y'all were looking at me like I was. <laughs> it didn't look, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that a, big. Because I had a jacket on, no belt. I'm just, I'm, or, did I have a belt? No, I didn't even have a belt. So I had no, I had no belt, just a jacket. And uh, I ordered my, my A5 and everybody's like, oh, yeah, you look like an A5. I'm like, okay, all right, cool, cool. I just, I ordered it off of Amazon. It arrives, and I'm like, yo, this thing doesn't fit. The first person that texts is Adam. Like, I am so pissed off right now because I just spent, what was it? It was, I think, 40 bucks a pop, so almost 100 bucks. Um, so I was like, damn, like, I don't even, like, I was, I was almost embarrassed. So I showed up the next day to class with just a jacket, my belt, and my, my, uh, my uh, what are these, my gym pants. So I, I think it was Mark, like, where are your pants, dude? I'm like, well, I've got an A5 top and A6 bottom. <laughs> and I just found this out last night. Thank you for asking. So uh, I ended up buying my, my, uh, my Fuji A6s that weekend. Uh, well, I got my first one. So, yeah, I was, I was rocking, I was rocking a, a, just a, a gi in my belt and some basketball shorts for the first, like, two weeks of mm-hmm. class. <laughs> So, um, yeah, what, what was like, what was it like early on? Like everyone's experience at the beginnings different. I mean, I can't believe you've been here close to six months now. Like time and consistent flying. too. Like, yeah, I'm, I think I've only missed maybe three weeks total. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what was it, you know, how quickly do you feel like you were able to kind of assimilate and, and be a part of the crew? Whew. Uh, I think instantly, I think just because everybody here is is so humble and i mean like it's 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 paul's like one of the nicest scary guys you'll ever meet in your life like you know he's a trained killer but he's one of the sweetest guys ever <laughs> this it's it's one of those things like everybody here is is so freaking nice it's 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 almost uh it was almost instant like i i immediately clicked with you i, I immediately was was you know gravitated towards towards you and your teaching style um like i almost didn't want to get out of foundations um, oh no! You gotta get out of there. You gotta. We gotta get your damn stripe and get the going. fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> take keep your stripe going. and go. Um, but uh, but no, it was it was instant. I I immediately felt a part of the uh, the family. Um, obviously, you know, we had that incident with with my uh, with my my, uh, my my arm bar incident where I was being nice and letting a young gun take an arm bar, and I'm getting ready to tap, and it just like cranks the shit back and almost rips my arm off, and. The whole gym stopped when I let out that that uh, that yeah. yell. That was that was pretty intense. That took me a little bit to recover from, and I still have some PTSD from arm bars. Um, but uh, but no, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I I really don't want to stop. No, that's good, man. Yeah, and that yeah that armbar thing was that was on my watch you, lo- you look like you want to rip his neck off i, I saw I, your face and i was just like this kid's about to die this kid <laughs> I, was just, I mean it was just no because i mean that's on me because like you just it didn't occur to me at that time because you you were the cool thing about i think about when you came in is you came in pretty early on in the in the introduction of the foundation's curriculum so you had like a good group of people. Now yeah. it's very like hitter, like it's very it's very scattered. So you were able to at least kind of like form a group with those initial people and 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 almost support each other, kind of going through it. But now, but, no, almost none of them are here. I think I'm. Yeah, the, isn't funny. I'm Wait, the last you become one. Become a blue belt or something. Then 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 it's like what? 
Yeah, where um, everybody go. So, but the thing with that was like, at that point, nobody had seen an armbar. So it never crossed my mind to say, don't do arm bars, or if you're going to do arm bars, you have to do them this way. You can't do them fast. But of course, there's the internet. There's people watching the UFC. Yes. So he saw an arm and got all excited and just ripped it. And yeah. And one of the things, like, like I I haven't said it, but like part of the progression is like we want to teach you guys, and that's what that's what all the warm up movements are. We want to teach you guys to learn how to control your body. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to teach you how to control someone else's body. This guy ripped an armbar, and he, I don't think he was. I mean, you know, and I. It was the first I, I like time he'd Chris. ever done it. Yeah, it's like I don't know if he, he know, damn knows how to control arm. how to fall back. So, uh, you know, I don't think he was malicious. I think he was just excited. He was going to do something. He That's saw why I don't go for them because I'm so big. Like if if I lose if I lose balance and I fall back too fast, like I'm I'm afraid for the person that I'm about to armbar. Yeah, I mean, and, so and I go we'll for, show, every, I mean, I go we'll for show everything you not else to, yeah. except for that. You you shouldn't. You I mean you. you you very quick. I'm, you'll get I'm to trying. The point. I'm trying now. Like I. No, I understand. Now I'm. I'm actually trying to do more than just get. You know. But let, I wince. Let people. Let I, people I, mount I, me. I, I wince when you, when you tell that story because I'm like God because I was on my watch and I was just like. <laughs> so now now I give the speech of like you know I know there's YouTube I know there's Instagram, none of you motherfuckers are doing arm bars. Yeah, or, give or, the dude a chance to tap. You, you freaking, know. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of times I just I was like, hey, if we practice this, you're allowed to do this, and and I think, um, I I'm a big believer in. At 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 the big at the beginning level when you guys are just starting out, it is very valuable to learn the the appreciation of of controlling someone. So yeah. that whole adage of position over submission. Yeah. And as you get better, then you can start attacking more early with submissions. But yeah, um, the submissions are what's fun. It know? is. It's nice to get that tap. But you know now now that I've now, got well, I, hang on. Oh. I, I do have to stop you because I do remember we had a conversation where you were like so happy. When you got the submission back, yeah, you're you're like, oh, yeah, I, I went, got him back. I went after coach. Chris. I got him back, and I was like, and I, I got like, him slapped my head. I was like, oh god, I got him three times in three different ways. I think I got him Americana. <laughs> I got him in a head and arm. I did one other. I did one other. Man, I went after him and so I, and hard. And I understand that because I was the same way. But I'm just hitting my head like, oh no, we've created this whole environment of like counting taps and all this. It's just like, ah, you you almost break my arm. I'm coming for you, bro. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> So yeah, that happened. So we're working you on that. You don't get that Americana. So, um, you know, I was there. So, I mean, I, I was there for the process, but the, 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 the listeners were not. Um, you know, quickly, like, what was the, I'm kind of curious, what was the fundamentals, like, what was the experience like coming to class, breaking off with your own group, working with them, and then after that, when you got promoted, well, let's just start with that. What was that experience like of like coming to class and for the most part being broken off and working with your group? There are some times where you worked with everyone mm-hmm. and we try and keep you integrated to some degree. But yeah. when you're working through those core techniques, um, you were working with other no stripe white belts for the most part. Yeah. What was that experience like and how like how was it like learning these techniques for the first like this is what you're being first exposed to. So what was that like? I definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate it. You know, hindsight looking back, because um, if you had fed me to, if you had fed me to me, uh, to how I am today versus when I started in January, if you had fed me to myself, I, you know what I mean? Like I would be like, what the hell? You know, what am I doing here? I'd be, I'd be frustrated and pissed off and would have probably quit just like the next person. But um, 
I think because you, you, you kind of baby the new people a lot more, I think it, it's helpful because you give them a good understanding of what they're about to encounter when they go up with the rest of us um, who have graduated the foundations course or who, you know, the foundations course didn't have yeah. at that time when they started. Um, so I, I feel like it, it, it helps get you up to, you know, take you from one mile an hour to 60. And then once you get over here to, you know, out of foundations, you're at a hundred miles an hour, you know? So it's, it's a good, I would say good merge lane analogy. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's good to help get you up to speed because if it, to go from zero to a hundred in, in this, like it's, it's super frustrating. I would say, I mean, even now I'm, I'm, I, I get moments where I'm like, God, damn it, what am I doing here? You know, I pay to get choked out or I pay to get, you know, someone trying to break my damn arm. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a really good program to say, okay, kids, you know, here's, here's an arm bar. Here's how you escape this. Here's how you escape mount, you know, and, and give them time to just kind of, to, to drill it really, really slow at their pace. Um, and then, you know, the, the rare, you know, the, the occasion when they come over and, and, you know, you feed them to the wolves, is, uh, you know, they're a little bit, it, it's not as intimidating because they have a couple things. And, you know, when I go with the no stripers and I always, I always, I, I sit there and I say, okay, well, you know, we'll start at your pace. You go, mm-hmm. go where you want to go. And I'll, I'll let them grab my, <clears throat> I'll let them grab my lapel. I, I, I let one of the, the guys start on my back, uh, last night or sorry, uh, Friday. And I was like, okay, where do you want to start? He's like, oh, I got to work on my guard. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I, I got in his guard and, and I broke out past it and started, you know, coming after that Americana. He, he didn't, he, he would, what was it? He kept giving it to me. Like I was trying to do other things. Like I'm like, okay, you know, everybody knows me as Captain Americana. Let me, let me try and, and practice other things. You know, let me get that arm bar. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I let him work and he just kept wanting me to take the Americana. So I took it. I'm like, all right, kid, here you go. So you know, and then I explained it to him. I was like, you know, I was trying to do other things and you just were refusing. So here's the Americana, take it. Um, so then after that, I think he learned his lesson. I'm like, where do you want to start? I'm like, you, you want to start on my back? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start on your back. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he started on my back and we went from there. So it's, you know, I, I try and, 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 and remember back to when I was in no stripe, you know, just uh, didn't know how to escape once or not didn't know. Let me, let me rephrase that. I, I didn't, I was more comfortable just staying inside control not letting you, you know, take an Americana, not letting you roll me over and take an arm bar. Or once I got mounted, I, I was super, I, I got really comfortable with just kind of turtling up and, and letting you try and, and submit me and, and just, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot stronger physically. Like my back is stronger from keeping my elbows mm-hmm. in. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely comfortable in those two positions because it's where I end up a lot of the time. And now I'm starting to, to fight out of it. So, you know, it's, it's good. I think the way you guys do things here is is good for helping newbies. What was what was it like? Uh, how, how did your test go? I don't even remember you like the test because I know I I did it. I I had you to did do it. you did my test. Who did you do it with? John. John. God, I don't remember. Any. John was like, did you? Take, did you? John was, was like, take your leg over there. Yeah. Was there any? <laughs> it's good when you have a good partner that that. It's like give me the love, Iggy to like hey movie. I love John. Did, was there any um like I don't remember how you did like were there any techniques that you that you that you like escapes I think escapes were the hardest for me. Okay. Um you know obviously I've I'm a bigger guy so flexibility is not my strong point. Mm-hmm. So I've I've you know I've got a lot of upper body strength so I I you know kind of 
took what God gave me and I, I, I utilized my upper body strength to kind of fend people off. Now I'm starting to fight a little bit more into trying to get back into half guard and then working from half guard. Mm-hmm. So um, my, my test was, was kind of clumsy. I think I knew maybe about 80% of it, like mm-hmm. ready to go. And then John was kind of like whispering, put your leg over there. No, 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 the other way. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Roll that way. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so what, We were um, laughing the whole time. What, uh, uh, what was it like in your first stripe? Um, did you do the whole thing and take a picture and be like, this is my first stripe? Yeah. I did. I did. Not everyone does it. Look, I, I got a stripe. I got my, my stripe. <laughs> I got my first one. No, so, so, uh, obviously I took a picture of Paul and, and, you know, that was, that was a, a proud moment. Um, getting my first stripe because it's obviously you know you graduate the foundations class and you know now you get to roll with the with the big kids and um so what was that like so making that transition because that was my next that's my next question holy like, hell i was like can i take this thing off and go back to foundation because <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> that's the, that's what i'm less aware of because i'm more interested in this um because obviously I, I got to see you know your progression um in I foundations still but I still suck I mean, we all suck. I mean, that, that's just, that's, that's, you just want to suck a little I'm less just, every I'm day. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the, um, what I haven't been as privy to is how much of a leap is it when you go to um, the quote regular white belt class foundation, uh, fundamentals, um, where there's going to be, you know, all levels, but traditionally mostly white belts, but mm-hmm. like they're going, they are going <laughs> to grapple a little more and stuff. So yeah. like that, that's, like they're gonna i want to know like how much of a leap was it like what was it like yeah i'm just kind of curious i felt i I was about at 60 miles an hour when i went in but you know i think everybody kind of understands um you know that you're you're still fresh like the foundations class is is good to learn some of the key fundamentals that were that you need in order just to survive so i kind of went in with a survival mindset i was like okay i just I want to tap less, right? When I first when I first went up against John, I mean, I was tapping four to five times. Then it got down to three. Now he struggles to to get the one on me, right? Unless unless I'm stupid and give him an armbar, like he'll he'll take that all day long. Uh, or trying like I'm really good at fighting at a triangle, or not really good. I'm I'm getting better at fighting at a triangles because I find myself either there or in armbars a lot. So I'm I'm learning where my holes are and I'm trying to patch those up. Um, so when I finished the foundations class and I went to roll with, with them live, people understand that you really don't know all that, what you're doing and they'll, they'll let you work and maybe they'll get one or two on you to just say, respect my belt. You know what I mean? Like respect the two stripes. And then, and then they'll let you work from there. Um, I, I, people understand. I, I, I didn't, I felt a little overwhelmed at first because it's like, I'm trying to remember everything at once. And I'm like in, in mental overload when, when I've got big John, mm-hmm. you know, at that time I had 30 pounds on him and he was still, you know, wrecking my, wrecking my face. Now mm-hmm. I've got 10 pounds and I'm, I'm, you know, doing a lot better with him. Uh, you know, he, he, we were talking the other day. He's like, dude, you've definitely gotten a lot better. I said, well, I have you to thank for why I'm so defensive and why I'm improving. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, now that I'm only got 10 pounds on him, I'm starting to move more trying to, I've, I've, you know, I used to just let him mount me and just stay there. Now I'm starting to oompa escape. Um, you know, I, I'm again, my flexibility is a little, is a little poo. So, you know, I've, I've kind of started to figure out my little tricks that help me get out of, out of different, you know, spots. You know, I practice it on John and, you know, if I can, if I can get him off of me when, when, when he's mounted, then I know I'm, I'm that, that's going to be a good solid technique for me to work on. Cause he's, 
you know, I'm, I'm 290, he's 280. So if, if I can get, if I can get him off of me, then I can get the next guy off. So, you know, little by little, I'm trying to, I'm now I'm really focused on escapes, not making too stupid of mistakes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I like the progression here. Um, so I know Paul out of habit generally likes to ask people when he does that intro, the one you did at five in the morning, like, what are your goals? Um, did he ask you that? And what did you, if you did, if he did, like, and if he didn't, like, what were your goals? Like, like coming to jujitsu? To be honest, I don't remember if he asked me that question. Sorry, Paul. Uh, (laughs) sorry, coach. No, um, I, I don't remember. He failed. Yeah. He failed. Yeah, the test. Strike back. <laughs> no, back to one stripe. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, really, my goal coming into this was headspace. You mm-hmm. know, I was, I was really in my head at the time when I started here. Obviously, weight loss is, is my primary goal. Um, and I mean, I, I've, I notice how much stronger my body is in general. Because it's not, I, I used to, you know, bodybuild in my early 20s, but the stamina that I have now, even at 290, is, is obscene, right? To be able to roll, you know, come here on a Friday and do five or six five-minute rounds and, and be able to walk out of here with mm-hmm. a smile on my face, like, that's, you don't get that in, in bodybuilding. So, um, it's, it's definitely what my, my priority is, is the weight loss, but it's, it's definitely a, a mental journey for me, too. This is... You know, it's it's like human chess is what I heard it was called. Yeah. Right? So you have to think. You have to. It's it's it's. What am I doing wrong? What did I do wrong? Why did you know? And I'll I'll literally stay there. I'll lay there on my back after a round and say, "What did I do wrong?" Uh, so generally, if you see me laying on my back with my with my legs going, mm-hmm. like just kind of in and out, I'm I'm thinking, "What the hell did I do wrong?" Especially if I get tapped more than more than two times in a in a roll. I'm like, well, what, um, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? So, and then the camaraderie too, you know, I, I don't even see, Ad- today's the first time I saw Adam in like two months, the freaking jerk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the guy who punked me into coming is, is the, the person that I see the least of now. Um, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends, I mean, I've, John's definitely become one of my, one of my best friends here. And, you know, I love rolling with him, even though he's the biggest challenge that I have because, you know, mm-hmm. we're both, you know, super heavies. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely it's definitely brought me to a better place and when i when i don't come i get angry i'm like fudge i should have gone like yeah because it's just you get so much like especially with my job being so heavy uh you know i've got to sell i've got to you know i've got to cook for people i've got to follow up with with uh warranties and and service calls and this person's upset about this you know it's like there's there's so much going on in my day between between 7 30 to 5 30 that I, this is a good place for me to come and just, you know, just to, just to, I feel like a million bucks when I leave this place. You know, I've got buckets of sweat on all my clothes. My gym bag gained an extra 10 pounds from all this sweat. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's such a breath of fresh air. I go home, take a nice shower, maybe pop a couple painkillers mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and pass out. See, I, I, I play a new game, find the new brews and, and, uh, and you know, go to sleep around ten, ten thirty. Get up and do it again the next day. It's, That's awesome. Dude. It definitely feel a lot better. It definitely. Um, I, I'm sure you know. It's not just jujitsu. I, I'm sure this is why uh, people that that run a lot um, are kind of addicted to running, and CrossFit people are addicted to CrossFit. It's like when you do something as intense as 
as jujitsu or other things, um, it becomes almost like a physical dependency. You know? Yeah, because it's a new it's a new yeah, drug. Yeah, it's a new drug. Yeah, but it's you know I'd rather have Fix. people addicted to that stuff than than other drugs. So it's, yeah, no, this is this is. Um, and then you know like you, you you train hard and and then you almost have to keep you know pushing and pushing and pushing so you keep getting that same euphoria you know that, that dopamine endo, fix yeah yes. endo endo uh the endorphins yes you know or the endomorphin rush um so dude this, this has been a very interesting story so kind of um my kind of final question i have a couple of final questions but my first final question is are um because you've been attending it occasionally we have a 6 a.m class mm-hmm. tuesdays and thursdays Uh-oh. and in the last month i hear some shots get, about to get fired oh no 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 oh, no okay, no okay, no okay, okay. it's quite the opposite it's like oh the 6 a.m class has always typically been historically been um a lesser attending class mm-hmm. for many years or for the last few years chris vu's been usually the one running it but there have yeah. been other black belts that, that have run at that time but it's you know uh a group of anywhere from three to seven guys that, because I don't know of any, occasionally maybe a, one of our female um, members will be there. But for the most part, it's like a small group of people that, you know, because of schedule, whatever, do it. Last month, there have been like four black belts, three brown belts, two purple belts. And maybe and, two or three yeah. white belts. And I was one and, of three. <laughs> and, I know. So what are those classes like? Because I, I, I was like, man, I want to wake up and, and do the class. But I was like, I, fuck, I'm not doing that. So As, what, what are those classes like? Because you, you, you've met, I mean, obviously you met Chris, but now you've met Tommy. You've met yeah. Jim. You've met Kali. Yeah. Like you've met guys that are as big as you that are black. But like Kali's a big dude. Yeah. You know? So... um yeah, what what's that class like, and what's it like rolling with all those upper belts? It can be a little overwhelming as a as a as a wee little white belt, yeah. um, because it's like, you know, you're still you're still trying to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and then you know you've got this this black belt that's just stumping all your just checking everything that you do. It's like fuck, you know, it just it gets it, it it's like me rolling with you. Like I get frustrated when I roll with you because I'm like, God damn it, like just let me do something so I feel better about myself. Uh, but, so it's kind of one of those situations, especially when you're rolling one of the five black belts. I think there was five the last, the, yeah. I think I went last week. Um, oh, yeah, Julius was there. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're rolling with, with Chris, and Chris sticks to you like bubble gum, and he's just like, God, I can't, I can't, even, I can't even get out of his, 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 like his butterfly hooks. Like just, yeah. like, and then he's, and, and he's strong as shit, so he'll like, uh, he'll like row you in just, and pull you back into guard just... It, it can get a little frustrating because like he's he's on you like bubble gum like I don't know what to do here, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a fun challenge too if you if you if you want to look at it as a fun challenge because like okay listen I have I have mat time with a black belt I've got five minutes to try and make the best of this let's let's try and do something let's try and and, and go so it I I kind of like the challenge because it forces me to have to work you know if I roll with with a no stripe white belt I'm just you know, sitting it's, and I'm not taking shots. It's just me sitting there kind of just letting them get started and then, you know, seeing where they go and then, and, you know, maybe say, Hey, you might want to put your foot over there, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing here. It's like, I'm that, you know, no stripe white belt. And, and they're like, Hey, you might want to put your foot over there. Or keep, keep trying, keep, keep going. You're almost there. You, you almost got it. Just keep swimming, you know, Dory. Uh, so it, it's, it's kind of fun because you learn a little bit more upper techniques uh, in the morning class. Cause there's obviously, mm-hmm. I think there was two or three brown belts plus the four or five, 
uh, black belts and then just three three little one purple belt and then the uh, you know me being one of the three white belts mm-hmm. um so when i went with you know I, I actually have a video recording from when i i smothered one of the white belts like i was just on him like white on rice mm-hmm. uh you know he was a marine and and i just i i we started off in guard you know coach chris was standing there watching us i broke out of his guard i passed to his i passed to his right got into side control um hopped over into full mount and started working on a head and arm uh head and arm choke and and you know got the tap like he, i just blew through everything on him so you know those moments feel nice and i'm, I'm glad i got it on on camera because i'm like wow i actually did something okay that's cool but then you know i go up against chris and you know his his toes like his toes are like stuck to me i'm just like get off like i'm just yeah. trying <laughs> like that little that kid pesky that pesky yes. leg he always has God, that one get leg off so uh so yeah but it's it's good experience because then you know you learn you know some of the techniques that that get you know black belts to where that they are um and it's it's i mean we learned grip breaking that morning uh we learned a couple of uh of guard passes uh breaking breaking guard you know trying to figure out what works for you is is important you know if you don't have like i hate standing up when someone's in guard like i'm just i'm clumsy like you know i've got to like you know i got big tree trunk legs so to stand up is kind of a, a bit of an annoyance so um you know that chris taught me a, a how to how to break from from being on my knee and that's more comfortable to me I, I don't like to stand up when i'm in guard i i i'm trying it now i'm trying to do it more but you know i'm still getting swept a lot so i, I tend to not do it um but obviously i know it's a technique that i need to to get a grip on and, and know that i have to do it at some point in time so it's it's nice rolling with with higher belts because you know they get to whoop on you a little bit and say hey here's what you did wrong try this next time mm-hmm. or here or if if you're in the middle of the roll like I was trying to I was trying to get back in the half guard and I've never had anybody bring their inside arm and just kind of hold my legs in I'm just like oh my god like I'm actually trying to get into half guard and now I've got a whole another issue to overcome of someone just simply putting their hand putting their hand down and, and blocking my leg in I'm like god oh, this is frustrating. So I'm actually trying to move, and then boom! Here's another thing for me to encounter. How, did you have you gotten to uh, have you rolled Julius yet? Uh, Julius, I have not. What about Jim? Jim, you'd have to remind me which one is Jim because I, I think I, I Jim. Um, so do you know Kali? Kali's the biggest guy. No. So uh, I don't have my phone on me. Oh man, you don't know your black belts by I know hey, I this suck is not at life. Good. We have it all up on the board. Yeah, you, um, you have to put you have to put put all their names underneath it so this way we can all study. Uh, all the scrubs can be like, oh, this is the this is the one. Um <sighs> what about uh Steve Wynn? Steve. So he's the brown belt that's Asian. He's Vietnamese. Oh, he's freaking awesome. Yeah. He's I didn't super nice. I didn't I didn't roll with him. But um but he was teaching class uh the the Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday the 11th. That was the morning that I went for the first time for a while. I hadn't been to the He hasn't class. been here for a while. He had a he had neck surgery. Ooh. So he he was out for a while. He's yeah, super so nice. He, yeah, so he taught that class cuz that was my birthday, the 11th. So mm-hmm. I came in that morning. That was actually the video where where I got the recording of me kind mm-hmm. of smothering the the white belt. Um So, yeah, he was he was teaching uh we were doing guard breaks and passes and you know, just a couple of different ways to do it and it it's interesting. So that's that's why I appreciate jujitsu because everybody kind of has 
what works for them, their own little style that you kind of mold. Mm-hmm. And that's the same approach that I took in, in baking. Um, you know, there's a hundred different ways to make a loaf of bread, but what works for you actually, right? So I've got tons of books on bread. Each of them teaches slightly different, you know, hand techniques and, and how to shape it. But you eventually figure out like what works for you. Um, oh, this feels more comfortable. Or here's how I can get the shape, you know, to be perfect the mm-hmm. way it needs to be. And I think that that's kind of the approach that I'm taking to jujitsu is I'm, I'm listening to everybody. I'm taking in all their information that I can and, and trying different things and figuring out what works for my, you know, my current level of, of dexterity and flexibility. Um, you know, obviously I have, I, I rely more on my upper body strength at the moment because, you know, to get my, my thick ass legs, you know, into, into some, you know, underneath someone to get back into half guard or full guard is a bit of a challenge. That's probably my biggest issue right now. So, you know, I'm finding different ways to, to trick someone into if like if someone uh, if I'm in side control and, and they've got, you know, my, an underhook, I'm, I'm holding on to that underhook and I'm pressing my, my neck down on their arm so they can't post. Yeah. And I'm rolling them. So I'm figuring out different ways to get out to, to overcome my current issues. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying. But if, if you if you underhook and you lock your hands behind my back, I'm rolling you mm-hmm. uh, to whatever direction, you know, I've got. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to learn different things and it's, it, you know, I, when I first started, it was okay. I want to learn three different attacks from each position. Like that was, that was my main focus, but obviously I, I focused on defense after that. So that's really what I'm trying to do is okay. Have at least three things from each position. So this way I can try to, to do something and, and have a little go-to and then slowly I'll expand on that as, as my knowledge base um, increases. That's awesome, dude. So, um, what, uh, closing question, what is, uh, what are your jujitsu goals for the rest of 2021? So me and John were, our, our goal was blue belt, blue belt, uh, by the end of 2021. So, um, I don't know how feasible that is. You know, obviously it's, 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 you know, aim for the stars. You're going to hit the moon. So, if not, if not by January of 2022, at least by the summer, we should be able mm-hmm. to, to do something. I, I hear it's anywhere from one to two years to get a, you know, be efficient enough if you're coming frequently enough. So I'm averaging about seven to nine hours a week on average. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're putting in the hours, I think you, it, it's, it's attainable for sure. Yeah, I still mm-hmm. get smashed by John. Like, he's just, he's just so freaking good. Uh, and he's super flexible for a big boy like... I mean, he's got good hips. Holy crap. Yeah, he's got his, good his guard is, is crazy to pass. Like I'm, it, it's because of him that I'm, you know, also trying to learn different guard passes because it's like, okay, and he was like, Oh my God, you learned a new pass. I got right by him. I pulled it on him again today where I'm pinning his, uh, I'm pinning my arm in between his legs and, and, and holding you're him. weaving, you're yes, weaving, I'm yeah. weaving. And then yeah. I'm grabbing onto his collar and, and pulling him as I'm coming yeah. towards him. So I'm, I'm learning a little, where'd you learn that one? Uh, don't yell at me. YouTube. Because oh, <laughs> I get stuck in Z guard a lot. Now yeah. that I'm trying to pass, yeah. Z guard has become you know an, another obstacle for me to overcome. So, you know, I'm trying different techniques to get around it. Um, I mean, I think that I think that's acceptable. Like, I think it's bad when people just scroll and look for things like, oh, that looks cool. But if you're like, I'm being you've strategic. identified a problem like this. I want to. This Side is a problem. Control. How do I solve it? Yeah. And then you're looking up solutions and you and you're actually like 
you're identifying the problem and you have the vocabulary to be able to go on YouTube and type in the right thing yeah. that shows you here are some here are some guard passes for Z guard. You know? Yeah, here's or or you know, here's a couple of things to, to try when you're when you're you know, when someone's inside control. Like I learned I learned that role on, on YouTube. Like if, mm-hmm. if if you've got your, your arms locked I mean, you, you did mention it, but obviously in the foundations class, you don't really process that. It's it's just kinda it's just so much information at once. So once I started rolling you know, and now that I'm actually trying to get into half guard, it's like, oh, okay, well, I can't grab their leg back. Or if I catch them, okay, now I'm working my half guard or working on stuff in half guard. Um, but if I can't get back to half guard, what other options do I have? And it's, I can only go, you know, that way now, if, especially if they've got the, the cross mm-hmm. face and the underhook. Like, I'm, I'm rolling you to the other direction, and I'm, just, I'm coming after that Americana, baby. Yeah. Uh, so- <laughs> Maybe you'll be the guy that makes it work because it, uh, you know, it's at the high levels. Americanas don't really, no, no, don't no, really work. No, so we'll see. if I, if I could, and, and even now, now that I'm rolling with people, you know, two stripe, you know, one to two stripe and, and above Amer it's, it's still kind of tough to get it because Im- the immediate reaction is to roll towards the arm. Um, so now I'm trying to bait out doing arm bars or bait out doing, you know, bow and arrows, but again, my dexterity. So getting my leg back up into S mount is the, is yeah. my current challenge. So I'm trying other things. I understand what I'm... Head and arms are, are probably a good option, like doing head and arm yeah. chokes. Is... Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I know what I want to try. And again, I'm, I'm stretching more when I'm coming here, uh, you know, trying to, trying to be able to pull that, that leg up. If I'm inside control, I'm trying to bring my knee up to the, to the sternum so I can, mm-hmm. I can easier get into mount uh, or pull, at, pull them up into S-mount, like pretend to go for the Americana, then they, they curl themselves up into S-mount. So I'm, I'm trying to work on getting my lower body to do what I needed to do in order to to step my game up a little bit. Oh, more. I remember you and Nogi, and I'm, I'm showing arm bars, and I'm showing like oh god, yeah, bringing legs around and stuff, and it was the like head and the head, yeah, the the triangle from the mounted triangle. I'm like, yeah, this is not gonna work. <laughs> we tried. It's good. I mean, it's it's good, man. I mean, I think I think whatever gains you've had, like whatever changes you've had in your body as a role of jujitsu in these six months. Um, it, that's not the like it's going to continue to have an impact on your body and and force more changes when it comes to like hip mobility and flexibility and strength and there's a difference between grappler and it's it's hard for me to put a finger on it but there's definitely a difference between someone who's grappling strong and someone who's like weightlifting strong you yeah know what i mean yeah um the two help each other but when it just comes to like when someone grabs you and they have grappler strength you feel it you know what i mean like if you go with victor um, the guy is one of the smaller guys here size wise, but if he grabs a grip on you, you feel like you, you feel like, Oh shit. Like this yeah. guy, this guy's latched on like a bulldog is like, yeah. you know, full jaw strength on you. And you're like, Oh fuck. He's, and he's <laughs> fast. Yeah. He's <laughs> fast. He's so fast. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool that, that you and John, um, train, uh, roll a lot and train a lot. That's, that will probably serve you guys both a lot especially if you train a lot together to have like a a, a training partner that your go-to yeah. really helps because um being able to get consistent looks when you when you do your uh when you do your reps um goes a long way to help you know solidify the techniques quicker because yeah. i mean everyone not everyone um people's skills as training partners vary just like anything so if you find someone that you're comfortable training with, um, by all means, like keep training together and, and you'll probably advance a little faster than you would if you're just 
you know, being paired up randomly with people. Yeah, and he know? still he still he still kicks the shit out of me, but it's it's a lot less now than it than it was. What, what it was it was like six months, and you're gonna get hit. What was the thing Paul was saying today? Oh, Adam, Adam, Adam. So Paul, when I first started, oh, it was Adam, like, I thought it was you and John. No, 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 no. When I started, Paul was like, "I'll give you six months, and you'll be tapping out Adam." I'm like, "All right, bet." Uh, so today he got me. He no, got, Adam got you today. He got, me, he got the first. The Did first, he grab your foot and twist it or something? Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was going for a, for an ankle lock, and I'm like, dude, I'm a white belt. Get the fuck off my foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you will learn ankle lock. You I will did, learn I the did, ankle lock. I did lock. curse him out for that one. I was like, get the hell off my leg, freaking jerk. Um, uh, he got me. Was it? He got me in an armbar. The first. The first roll. He got me in an armbar. Um, but I was actually attacking. I was actually. I was actually coming after him. The second time was the revenge one, and I went after him a lot harder, and he he didn't tap me the second one, um, but I did go after him pretty good. There you go, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time to save the podcast. Oh, this was this, fun. This will go up. Uh, this will go up later today. This was fun. So, um, so yeah, Roman, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Coach. <laughs>